welcome back to Talking with Tanya, episode two. Um, of course, we have Suave, my guest host, and then we have Lim back again. So let's go ahead and um, We're really kind of excited about this episode because our last episode, you guys remember we talked about um, Aubrey and it wasn't really being talked about. We even said, you know, due to the coronavirus uh, pandemic that the issue couldn't really get out like it should have been because nobody could protest. And in the middle of everything, while we were editing, boom, it's this huge, um, you know, rush of people reposting and sharing um, the story. And finally, we got a video. Um, so this is going to be kind of an update to that, um, our last podcast first. And I know you guys have seen the video. Um, in the video, you can see Aubrey, um, Ahmed Aubrey. You can see Ahmed Aubrey um, running, just, you know, jogging on a normal day around his neighborhood. And you can see um, someone recording him and following him. And then you can see um, it's a truck with two men. Um, one man, man is in it, the other is on the ground. Aubrey tries to go around the truck. Um, I, I'm assuming he was trying to avoid whatever was going on. Um, they immediately, the son starts um, a confrontation with him. Ahmed, rightfully so, um, defends himself because you know someone has a gun on him, so he defends himself. You hear a gunshot almost immediately. He shot. You hear a second gunshot. Um, Ahmed is still trying to fight. The, the person on the ground, but you have the dad in the car that's shooting or in the in the truck, and he's constantly shooting. He shoots the last shot, which is what brought um, Aubrey down. So in the video, I know the last one we talked about, you know, that they were, the dad was previously a part of law enforcement. Um, we talked about uh, that they were looking for, um, they, we talked about that um, they thought that Aubrey was a potential um, robbery suspect um, in the area. Um, so it was a lot of, you know, things that we didn't know. Now we have some clarification on those things. Um, I did just read something that there was not any record of a robbery in that neighborhood. Um, I don't think it was for any of 2020. Um, so that was just a, a lie. Um, so how do you how do you guys feel about the video? How do you feel about everything that that has happened since our last podcast? For me, it's very disturbing. It hurts. Um, I have two daughters, and my oldest one, she she asks me about it. She you know watches the TikTok, and of course, there's racist people on there, and they're saying um, you know that the two men had every right to defend themselves and shoot and kill Aubrey. And, you know, her question was, why would people even think that? So it's been very hard um, dealing with that and trying to explain that, unfortunately, there are people out there who truly believe that this man deserved to die um, and, and that are just, they don't look at us as being, as being human. They don't look at us as, um, as our, they don't look at our lives as being a value. Um, and it was hard explaining that to my 13-year-old child. So what has been your experience? Well, I will say my experience <laughs> dealing with this has, it's been a little indifferent for me in the sense that I interact 
you know, with various levels of people from all different, you know, races and cultures. And there's always that subtle undertone that, you know, deep rooted bias that I noticed that, you know, some of them still have and many may, you know, not show it right off the back, but a lot of them can and do. And I will say in this situation, this is where, you know, it's just that homegrown, you know, bias and prejudice and probably racism towards, you know, blacks, plain and simple. Because, you know, I, again, I have friends, fraternity brothers, you know, in law enforcement, and it just makes no sense that you claim you're defending yourself, but you put yourself in harm's way. So I kind of find it hard to believe that you're trying to defend yourself when you put yourself in harm's way. And in addition to that, you brought the guns to the fight. It would be a totally different story if two or three of you, you know, guys tried to apprehend this young man because you thought he was a suspect. But I mean, where's the information stating that they called the police to alert them? Like, again, they never did the, the, the right thing or follow protocol by alerting the proper authorities that, you know, they might have a potential subject in the area that fits the description of who they think were um, or was burglarizing, you know, their homes. So, I mean, that would have been the first thing to do. You immediately alert the authorities. And I'm pretty sure in a small town, like wherever they were, I mean, they have, you know, local officers. I mean, just here in Dearborn, I mean, you call the police, they're probably there within five to 10 minutes because a lot of times in these, you know, uh, smaller populated areas, you know, Authorities are just, you know, waiting for something to happen. So they get there right away. So, I mean, in a sense, I, I just, again, feel the same way I felt last time. It was just, you know, it was just a straight, you know, good old-fashioned KKK type of, you know, hunt where they were literally just trying to do some type of manhunt, go and track this guy down and kill him. Like, and I think it's very sad and it's prominent and it's very visible and transparent to see that this stuff still exists and it still goes on, whether it's from, you know, cops shooting blacks or whether it's just, as you can see, white shooting blacks. And, and it, I hate to, you know, say that, you know, we need to stand up and defend ourselves, but we have to because it shouldn't be that way. If this is supposed to be America, you know, land of the free, home of the brave, you know, and we're supposed to be you know, sticking together and defending ourselves against, you know, these so-called terrorists when you have these same individuals right here in the same land that you live in, you know, right in front of your face, you know, your next door neighbor, the person that's in the grocery store. And it's just sad. And I really feel that had this video not been released, these men wouldn't have been, you know, arrested. They they would have been pretty much let go and set free. Well, I, I, I agree. With, I agree. I don't. If the video wouldn't have been released, I don't think that. Um, I really don't think they would be in jail right now. Uh, they wouldn't have. Um, you know, the funny thing about it is, um, you know, I agree with what with, with, with saying. You know, it was a good. It was an old-fashioned KKK hunt because they had no intentions on detaining him in the first place. Um, one. I found out more information about the driver that was actually shooting the video was actually part of the manhunt. He was coming up. That's why he was able to see Aubrey. He was videotaping it for the purposes of saying, hey, this is, he wanted to justify 
why they were doing what they're doing by saying, hey, this video shows that we were confronting him because we thought he was a robber, and it backfired. His lawyer is the one that actually released the video. It wasn't any of them. The lawyer did saying, okay, mm -hmm. this is what really happened, and he was saying he was tired of seeing everybody say bad things about the community, so it, it really backfired on him. That's really what happened. When he dropped that video, it backfired. Now, the crazy, the other biggest thing that's my issue is the big cover-up because the officials had that video for a while. The district attorney, the police, all of them had that video for two months. So they already knew what happened and they saw what happened. It wasn't until the attorney released it that they were like, oh, wow, he released this video. Now we all, we all, now we all got to backtrack. That's why a lot of them start excusing themselves off of the case to get their names out of involved because they knew it was going to go down. Um, you know, and it was actually three shots fired. Yep. The first shot was fired when Aubrey, when Aubrey ran around the truck. As soon as he ran around the truck, his the, the other guy's son had already jumped out, and he saw Aubrey. He hit Aubrey. With all three shots hit him. He shot him before he even engaged him. He shot him. Then he engaged him, shot him again. And then the last time when he was wrestling, and the last shot that went off, that's the one that, that killed Aubrey, that toppled him over. So it was three shots fired. The coroner's uh, office confirmed that he got hit three times. So how was that your life in danger? You fired a shot before the man even got to you. Again, breaking out. You said the coroner's office confirmed that you um that Aubrey had been shot three times. He he had, he had been shot three times. He that he was shot three. So um that it was confirmed by the coroner that he was shot three times. Correct. He was shot when 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 he first ran around the truck before he got to McMichael, the, the son, the son shot him when he ran around the truck before they actually engaged with him. So they so their argument is we were just trying to ask him questions, which they had absolutely no right to do. And even if they did, Aubrey definitely did not have to stop and listen to them. But say this was true, if that's what they were trying to do, then this video proves them wrong, then right? They shot before they even before they even approached Aubrey. Correct. So they when they when they keep saying hunted, hunted them down, hunted this man down like an animal. And that's absolutely what happened. And killed him. Correct. Yep, they hunted him down like an animal. That's exactly what happened. You know and you know if yeah, I was gonna say since the video has been released and you know now all these different you know the video is released and then the arrest was made you know it has prompted um a catalyst to more things to occur so now they're looking at actually changing the law uh because where is it brunswick georgia i think correct um, they're trying to look at changing the law now that allowed him to be killed and it sucks that you know lawmakers and politicians and uh, legislators look at, you know, different things each and every day, but they somehow miss something like this because, you know, a lot of times laws and policies are created based off of situations. It's just sad to say that a situation like this had to occur in order for them to reevaluate, you know, what they have in place now. Because, I mean, at no point should anybody that's unarmed be, you know, a threat to somebody who is armed. I mean, you're not talking about just, oh, I have a knife, you know, no, you have, you know, 
I, I, I don't know exactly what weapons they had, but from the looks of the video, it looks like somebody had a shotgun and the other one maybe had what something similar to a 357 Magnum or I don't know what caliber it was. But the whole point is if I have a pistol with <laughs> rounds in it, locked and loaded, and you have nothing, who's more of a threat? You know, who, who stands higher in that battle to be the, the potential victor? You know, the person with the gun. So using this as an excuse, like, you mm -hmm. know, because of the, and I want to just backtrack on something that you said. You said that they're changing, they're starting to look into this law that allows them to be killed. What law, so you're, so you're saying if we only look at the law, the law as it is right now, they had a right to kill him? Not morally, we're only talking about lawfully, obviously. Yeah, um, so not, not morally. Lawfully, based on, um, I'll have to go back to the article and read it, based on the Brunswick, Georgia, um, I guess, gun law in regards to they were defending themselves, kind of like the whole Zimmerman thing, you stand your ground, that type of deal. Um, Even though they pursued him. Exactly. Because, so because, because of, essentially the video showed them at a standstill and the way they probably described it initially is what he charged at them trying to attack them. But I mean, you're coming at me with a gun. I'm defending myself, so. Right. so if anything, well, the law should lawfully and morally, but lawfully right now should protect Aubrey, right? Okay, this this is what it says about the Brunswick law in Georgia. They have a right to, in, in Georgia law, they have a right to detain um, a person of interest, but they do not have the right to use excessive force. That's, okay. what, that's what gets them because they use excessive force by bringing guns and then using the guns. You know, if a person doesn't want to be detained and they're not law enforcement, they were obligated by the law to call law enforcement, which they did not do or even attempt to do. You know, actually, they actually were on, I take that back. They were actually on the phone with law enforcement because it was on the phone with a dispatcher saying it's a big black guy ran through the neighborhood, blah, blah, blah. And they would, and they they just take out chasing them. Now I blame the the um the dispatcher because she should have told them then, do not engage. Give us the address. We'll send law enforcement out to investigate. But she didn't do that. Yeah, she should have. But I don't blame the dispatch the the dispatcher because common sense should have told them not to go hunt a man down and kill them. Like, I'm so sick of that type of mindset where they feel like, and they, I mean, the two the two men, they feel as if they are, you know, superior and they have a right to go find somebody and get their attention and that person is just supposed to stand and listen and answer to them. No, they, he did not have to do that. And they no, had to do that. And I wouldn't say they because there's more people out there like that that agree with their mindset mm -hmm. that there's a Facebook group that's, I guess, trying to support them. And it's like over, what, 12,000 members in a group saying justice for them. Oh, for yeah, I, saw, I saw that. I'm a matter of fact, I'm going to post that on this show so people can see it. That was sickening. I saw that talking about these Christian men were just defending their neighborhood. Against what? It was no threat. It was no call saying that there was any burglaries in that area from January all the way up until that time that it, it actually right. happened. Then yeah. the law officer that went to Aubrey's mother's house blatantly lied. He told her that her son was shot in a yard and killed in the yard while he was trying to burglarize a house, which we know that's not true. Right. They told her that. 
Yeah. He needs to, and if he hasn't already, he definitely needs to be reprimanded for that because, I mean, that's not doing due diligence. Like, and that's the one thing that I think a lot of times law enforcers tend to forget that they work for us as taxpaying citizens to do their job. And just because you have a uniform on does not mean you're above the law. Because at the end of the day, once that uniform comes off, you're a civilian as well. And you have to understand that you're here to protect us. We allow you to be here based off the tax we pay. And yes, it might go to the government and then they divvy it up in whatever the way they do for their different departments. Um, but nonetheless, people don't realize the power they have when it comes to that. Because you can write your local, you know, um, your government official or mayor or whoever, you know, if you have an issue with the police department or officer in particular, and I think they just tend to forget that a lot. Because once they put the uniform, it's like, oh, it's free range to do whatever I want. It's a brotherhood. I'm going to be protected. I can do X, Y, and Z and get away with it. And it's sad because a lot of times it does happen, but that's because a lot of times, too, we as a people don't understand and know, you know, the laws and, you know, what our rights really are. That's a really good point. You know, and a lot of us do need to educate ourselves on the law and, and, and how it affects. You know, that's why I kind of wanted to see what the Brunswick law said. I'm happy that the, the district attorney came out and clarified that the whole, you know, the way that it works so far as detaining someone so people would know what is actually law and what is actually false. So. Absolutely. I'm sorry. I'm so high. You probably got to cut that part out. But I mean, I don't care if they they just see me fan. It don't matter. <laughs> Y'all think I'm be able to cut that out? <laughs> you know, the fierce passion sign. Why you doing this? <laughs> you might have to cut that part out too. When I say they, like well, at least that first part of it. Edit and make it a fierce passion fan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. <laughs> okay, so let's um, start with the next subject. Um, okay, so I mean, we we all agree that you know I don't care black, white, orange, blue. I don't think this is a racial issue. This is a humanity issue. Um, you know, he this man deserves to be alive, and the two the two men that killed him. I just hope that they get um, the worst punishment that the law can actually can give them. Uh, they definitely deserve it. Aubrey's birthday was today on Mother's Day. Um, so happy birthday to him and um, happy Mother's Day to his mother. And I'm sure that this was a, a very emotional and sad day for her. Um, and I just feel so horrible. Um, so prayers are with the family for sure. Next, I want to move on to um, how this coronavirus is, how it's doing now. You know, some of these uh, stay-at-home, shelter-in-place orders are now um, are now um, being lifted, and Florida is one of those states where um, has it been lifted? Uh, man, it's been in stages. It is stages. I know they 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 took the whole shebang. As soon as it was lifted, they were out. When, when I tell you it has been hilarious here, I went with my daughter, we went out to the beach yesterday, you know, and I mean, the beach wasn't as crowded, but it, you know, people were out enjoying themselves. All right, get out the sports wall. 
co-host talking with Tanya. Um, I told her that I would come out here and show her, since you guys up in Detroit, how we handle the, the coronavirus. So what I'm going to do is show you how Florida handles the coronavirus. This is how we handle the coronavirus. Everybody chilling on the beach. I mean, we observing the six feet rule. We got some people that's like 12 feet apart, 18 feet apart. You know, they're observing it. Got those that are in the water. But this guy will show you. I still got my mask, being protective if I need it. I'm not up on nobody in it right now. So just wanted to show you guys, this is how we handle the coronavirus. <laughs> not saying that don't take it serious though, but you should take it serious because people have died. A lot of people have died from it. But if you use safety precautions, you know, make sure you keep hand sanitizer with you. Keep hands out your face. There's no reason why you still can't get out and go have a good time. I'm enjoying this time on the beach. I'm with my daughter. She got her protective gear on. Got her headset on. So, yeah, we are, we are having fun. So, we get back with you guys. Hope everything going well up there in Detroit for you guys as well. Peace out. Um, it, we also went grocery shopping today. And... Nobody wearing masks. I think me and me and my daughter were only two wearing masks. People looking at us like we're strange. Like, what do y'all have masks on for? You know, wow. I, I don't know if they're not taking it serious. And then just right outside my neighborhood, which I'm definitely going to show you guys the footage, they're having a block party right down the street. I mean, a bunch of cars <laughs> straight down. So That's insane. And I think it's because people have been locked up so much. And like I told you, the mind frame of wanting to get back to something normal. At the first time, they the, the governor, not the governor, but the mayor, he was pissed off because when he announced the first business open last week, they had a big, huge block party. We're talking about whites, blacks, Puerto Ricans, Haitians. Everybody was out there. And he was mad because he was like, I told y'all I was lifted. I ain't say get together. Yeah. You said that's the, the governor was mad? Oh, man. The mayor, the governor, they were all mad. Oh my gosh, it's, yeah. it's not doesn't matter because people right. are losing their, their lives over this. But it's just crazy that um, that people are really not taking this seriously even now. No, they're not. And I think they because should the exercise caution. These, um, you know, these orders that things are safe, things are far from safe. They are doing this only to save the economy, not. You know, it's funny you would say that because my best friend, he has a podcast and um, he, he's, he's actually Republican and his friend, um, John Gons, a pastor, he's a big pastor here, he's a Democrat and they were talking about that, the economic value versus the life value, you know, you, they're eager to get the economy started, but he said, um, John Gons was like, well, how mad are they going to be if you know one of your own relatives or somebody you close to dies because they've opened things up too quickly and they should wait a little bit longer just to make sure it's safe but you know you have the other side really wanting to get back to get the economy started and then like i said you got people that have been cooped up for so long they just want to get out any kind of way that they can or you know like i said go back to some sense of being normal i mean how do you feel about that Lim? I mean, I, I got a few different um, opinions on that, and I'm going to start with the first one. So when you're talking about, you know, trying to, I guess, stabilize the economy again, um, call it a conspiracy theory, but I feel like there's some people higher up that look at the numbers and crunch them. Just like with any business, you look at your risk versus reward. 
So same as like the 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 auto companies when um I forgot which vehicle it was, but I think most vehicles when they had the bad tires on there and they, you know, it's a known fact, they looked at the cost of paying for a funeral versus trying to recall all the vehicles at the same time. Wow. And it was much cheaper to pay for funeral costs than it was to try to recall the vehicles and repair all the tires and replace them, you know, all at once. So they tried to spread it out as much as they could. So I feel like they're probably looking at the same thing, you know, the potential of, you know, the lives that could be lost versus, you know, the money that could be made, you know, by opening some of the con the economy back up. And they're probably like, hey, you know, we open it back up, but play at your own risk. And I feel like they yeah. know that there are going to be a lot of people who don't have the discipline and who are so eager to get back out there that they're going to take that risk. Even when this had first came about back in probably December, January, when we were kind of getting little words or hints of it here and there. And then the first case was maybe what, February, you know, people didn't take it serious until it, until it started hitting home. And yeah. I know me and you had some conversations, Tanya, a few times where, you know, we were like, hey, is this is that, you know, and I knew it was a serious thing, but I didn't know how serious it was until I actually lost my fraternity brother to it. And I was like, okay, this is like when it really hit home because like I actually lost somebody from this that I knew, you know, for some years and he didn't even know he had it. Literally, he was trying to do the right thing and actually go out because he was a politician here in Michigan. He was trying to go out and talk to people about the seriousness of the issue. And then he contracted it from somebody he might have been speaking to. And literally like the same, I want to say the next day he was having breathing problems and he got rushed to the hospital and just like that, passed away. That same day, he went to the hospital. So with all these people running out there trying to do block parties and get together and thinking that, oh, it's over, like, it's not over. Like, they still haven't found 100% cure right. to, you know, fixing this. So the problem is not fixed. They're just right. saying, hey, we understand the economic constraints or restraints we've placed on you. You can go out at your own risk because we're going to allow business to open back up, but still be smart about it. And I think people just don't realize that, you know, so that's that's like my, my first opinion. And then again, second was, you know, people won't realize the seriousness of it until it hits home. And again, I think a lot of us, we're not we're not doctors, we're not nurses, you know, we're not, you know, the smartest people in the world. A lot of the people that you're talking about are just common folk. And I hate to say it, you look at the communities that where it's impacted the most is typically your minority communities. And I don't want to sound like a conspiracy theorist, like it's targeting us, but just look at it. Just statistically, look at the facts, look at the numbers. You know, it's hit more of our urban populations than it has our suburban populations. And that being said, they know if they open one or two stores, one or two bars, one or two clubs, it's going to hit. It's it's exactly. So it's kind of like... They're definitely being strategic on what they're opening. Um, you know, especially, I mean, women, I mean, especially black women, they love to keep themselves up to the hair. Hair supplies, hair supplies. Like, think about yeah. it. Come on. Like, where do we all go? Barbershop, <laughs> beauty supplies, nails. No, you, you can't, and, and it's wrong um, that they're being... However, you have to blame yourself sometimes. I mean, like, I know that the beauty supply is open. I need some products, but am I going out to get them? Absolutely not. 
you have to think for yourself. So uh, as a people, we need to know that, okay, these things are open. You know, yes, I can go, but should I go? Absolutely not. Well, so you, you can't play the blame game. Not that, yeah. and it is wrong, but you can't play the blame game. You have to control yourself. Right. Well, here's my thing. My thing is like, it, human nature is going to force them to want to go out, but you can still be safe when you go out. I mean, that's the biggest thing. You know, take right. your hand sanitizer with you. Make sure Absolutely. you put your face mask so you're not spreading anything. You're not catching anything. If you're going to, if you have to go out, please be safe. You know, my daughter, like, is, trust me, as soon as I touch anything, as soon as we get back to the car, hand sanitizer, dad. She's Absolutely. You know, that's just her. And she has a mask on. We both have masks. So, be safe, even if you're not being safe for somebody's not being safe for you, you be safe for yourself. Yep. And, yeah. and that's the biggest thing that, that I've noticed, you know, going out today, especially here in Florida. And you do have a lot of conspiracy theorists that think the whole thing is a hoax. But I know personally it's not a hoax because I just, you know, I, I, I experienced like Lim said, somebody close to me, my uncle's brother, older brother, passed away this Saturday. They just had his funeral this Saturday from coronavirus. Then I found out that my uncle and my auntie both had it back in March and they beat it, which is good. So I was just talking with her today. So I mean, like, I, it's real. It's very real. My daughter's cousin passed away and she was young from coronavirus. Wow. Yeah, and that you actually bring up a good point when you're talking about people having it and not knowing it. I think that's what scares me the most because the problem with them opening certain businesses back up where people will gather and um congregate you don't know if you have you know um the virus and you like you're a carrier like you don't know if you're a potential carrier because typically you won't have any symptoms and people don't think to just go get tested for that right. and so that's the sad part because if you have it if you're a carrier if you don't have it somebody else may and then y'all are going to interact with each other because again you're not pretty you're pretty much not going to keep that six foot distance like Perfect example. Just just this Saturday, I went to the Easter market to get some groceries and we were in the fish market and they literally have like tape showing, you know, hey, this is where you need to be, stand six feet yeah. apart. And they were trying to only allow, you know, 10 to 15 people in the store at a time. And so I'm in line and dude is like literally two feet away from me. I'm looking like, hey, that's the tape right there, guy. You got to, you know, stay behind the tape. Like, give me my six-foot space. Like, you remember basketball growing up, you know, three feet, no check, bro. Get back. I want my three feet. I want my six feet in this situation. I want my six feet of space, you know, breathe that way because dude was not wearing a mask. And I'm just like, oh, my gosh, what the heck? Like, man, people don't listen. It's just sad. And it's like, that's going to be the issue because it's going to be – I feel like it's going to be a second go around. Like there's going to be another big flare up because now that they're lifting the ban and trying to allow people to get out and up open and, you know, slowly get back into, you know, their normal routine of being a society, it's going to be another big blow up. Right. I agree. I totally agree. I think so too. I think so too. Yeah. It, 2020 has been a year, hasn't it? Yeah. 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 Gosh, I'm, I'm just like, can we, get, can we just hit the restart button? Because I mean, yeah. in the beginning, it has been just crazy. From the beginning, from the beginning, I mean, man. We were going to talk about next, um, oh, 
How do you guys feel? So I know some some people, a lot of people have been watching the the Last Dance, the Jordan documentary. Um, I watched a couple of episodes. I didn't watch them all, um, but you know I love Jordan. Um, but in terms of issues and um, you know racial issues and you know any any type of um, controversial issues, how do you feel? that celebrities should speak out, or maybe they should not speak out. Um, celebrities, athletes, and I'm not just talking, you know, a local celebrity, an up-and-coming athlete. I'm talking about the LeBrons, the Jordans, the Kobe's, the Beyonce's. Um, should they speak out uh, on these issues? Um, should they? What do you guys think? And I'll, I'll go... Um, after one of you okay and honestly <laughs> in my opinion rest in peace kobe his daughter um but people yeah. in that position they're probably more prominent than some of your politicians even though politicians are the ones you vote for to try to make change and do the right thing i feel like some of your famous actors athletes um rappers singers anybody in that field um, of work has the most pull and the most influence on, you know, the largest of population. Because when you think about, you know, a concert, Chris Brown, for example. Right. Chris Brown said, right now, I want all of my fans to go do X, Y, and Z. There's probably, I say, at least seven to eight out of ten of those people that would do it. Absolutely. And so that's the type of pull they have. And I believe that they need to continue to do what they're doing, stay in good light, but also share the other side of the light in the sense of we're the ones supporting you. So you need to support us back. You know what I mean? Like you're making millions off of albums that we're buying or shoes we're buying or games we come to watch you see or movies we buy, you know? So you need to do the same thing and support us back by giving back to the community where you grew up or even just any community, you know, within, you know, the urban areas, because typically a lot of times, you know, it's the urban areas that are supporting these people and these things, because, I mean, little be, you know, told, um, that everyone knows it, Blacks have the most buying power. Blacks when it comes, have the yeah. most buying power. Absolutely. I mean, the Jews know it, the Arabs know it, the whites know it, like, I'm going to just be straightforward. They know we have the most buying power. So when we're spending this money on things like that, like, I believe there should be some, you know, giving back from those political figures. So in situations like, you know, the Amaya Aubrey situation, like, there should be somebody speaking out on that, like your T.I. Like, T.I., I know he does it a lot, and there's a few others that do speak out on it, but, you know, it should be, it should be almost like a conglomerate. There should be more of those people in that type of position speaking out on it, because they would help, you know, basically lead the force in the fight against things that are wrong and help us get the right yeah. yeah. I I agree. Um, I think that I'm going to use Beyonce as an example. When she had done the, uh, what did she do? The Coachella. Um, it was a lot of um, blackness in that, um, at the Coachella um, with her performance. And, you know, she said that her mother said, you know, kind of questioned it like, are you sure you want to do this? Do you think people, you know, would understand all your fans would understand, you know, because it was a big, 
Um, it was a lot of, uh, of, of uh, non-blacks, you know, it was a lot of white people. So she's like, would they understand, you know, that type of um, HBCU, you know, kind of performance that you're going to do? And her response was, you know, I'm at a point in my career where I can do whatever I want now. Like she has already solidified her celebrity. She's not going down. This is Beyonce. And so I think that when you have, you mentioned T.I., but even T.I. is not the same celebrity on the same level as a Jay-Z or Kanye West. So when I think of um, issues like this, I'm talking about the big names. I'm talking about LeBron. I'm talking about the Beyonce's. I'm talking about the Jay-Z's. And I feel like if you have reached a point in your career where people know you, you have a solidified your fan base and who you are, then yes, you should definitely speak out on these issues because why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you bring awareness to these issues? You're not doing anything wrong. Just as LeBron James, he, um, he always speaks out, but he just uh, most recently spoke out about Ahmed Arbery. He's wrong. He said that we're hunted and we're killed and he's sick of it. Nothing he said was wrong, and LeBron is going to still be LeBron. And he's not losing any money over it because who's going to say, you know what, LeBron, you said this about a man, you took, you know, this side, and now let me take this endorsement for you from you. No, because people are going to, you know, protest and, you know, no. And I don't think that he would care anyways. I think that he's more passionate about these types of issues because it's affecting him and those who he loves, like his wife and his sons and his daughters, I think that he, he doesn't really care about what money he may lose if he says anything. But even if it was, um, I, it's not about it's not about the money. I don't think that anybody, like I said, would take any type of endorsement or anything away from him because he's speaking the truth. He's standing up for what is morally right. And when you stand up for what is morally right and you have that chance and you have that platform, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? I agree. Um, what I think when it comes to celebrities and athletes, I think they don't realize, you know, like you're saying, a lot of the power that they do have. And the biggest thing that a lot of people don't realize is from the outside looking in, as an athlete and celebrity, you got the power to make politicians shake because you control so much of the people that vote for them, whether it be on the white side or the black side. They control literally, you know, they're saying, you know, the best way to make change is to affect the big business pockets. So if, you know, LeBron or, or the, like you said, the Cobras and them spoke out, Jay-Z's and all of them and said, hey, look, I'm going to make sure none of my fans support you guys ever unless you guys start changing some things. And, he, and these people say, well, you know what? I ain't going to go vote for them. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to support that business. A company like Nike, if Michael Jordan would have said, you know what, I don't want to be Nike, um, y'all not supporting this, so I'm stepping away from Nike. Nike would lose so much money. They would have they called him back to the table, and they would have put up an ad, yeah, we support Michael Jordan. It's, it's, it's all about the money for them. So you got to hit them where they are, and these athletes and, and superstars got to realize they have a, to me, they have a moral obligation to stand up for those that can't stand up for themselves because they don't have the clout that they have. They can, like I said, they can control the masses. And that's the biggest thing. A lot of people don't know why Hillary Clinton lost the election to Donald Trump. I hate to say this, but she lost to Trump because she was fighting against a brand. Donald Trump was branded a long time ago. <laughs> Everybody knew Trump. 
They yeah. used his name in rap songs and everything. So she was going against her brand. And that, that's one of the main reasons why she lost. So that's celebrity status. Debate to save her life, not against Trump. Yeah. So that's that's so that's to me, that's one of the biggest things is them knowing their their worth, you know, like the whole thing with Colin Kaepernick. Cut that part out. Okay. Yeah, like the whole thing with Colin Kaepernick. Man, there's no way in the world that Colin Kaepernick and have them celebrities could have shut the NFL down if they really wanted to. If they stuck together, yeah. If they stuck together, yeah, if all the black athletes would have said, you know what, we support Colin. If y'all don't get this man a job, we ain't playing. I promise you, they'd have been at the table <laughs> bargaining. But, you know, I feel so, I, I wish that they would have, because I think that's the only way that it would have worked if everyone, if every one of them would have been on the same page and did it. But, you know, you have some of them where, you know, they were the first ones to go to college, first ones to, you know, make that. Yeah, and they, they don't want to cause trouble. They're, they're too scared. And, yeah. you know, and it's, it's sad because, like I said, if they would have automatically, if you think about it, they always turn black athletes as black gold. If all them black athletes would have said, you know what, we sticking up for my man because of what he's sticking up is right. He's not protesting against the United States, and he's protesting against injustice against African-American males. We're not going to play until you guys start recognizing. Man, them games will lose so much money because half of the black athletes are the ones that are adorned by the fans, not the white ones. I hate to say that, but that's the truth. <laughs> football, basketball, track. Maybe they got baseball, but <laughs> but for the most part, you know, they got golf. We well, Tiger Woods. So <laughs> say that way. So that's that's where they have to realize that, that that we really hold more power than what we know, and that's just the mentality. I think if we start changing the mentality of everyone from the little kids on up you'll start to see more of a change. But that's the biggest thing. You got to change the person's mentality. Yeah, you hit a good point on that when you're talking about the mentality. And I think that comes either from your upbringing or just, you know, you as an individual learning things along the way. Because if you don't have, you know, the intestinal fortitude, good moral standards, and, you know, that mentality to say, I'm going to stand up for what is right, you know, then it's kind of like, man, you can get five people to try to do the right thing, but the other 20, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's, just, it's like, man, you, you fight, you fight in a battle that you probably can't win at that point. Cause like you said, yeah, you got Colin Kaepernick, you know, one individual trying to, you know, do the right thing, bring awareness to what was going on to the social injustice. And you have so many other black athletes that were just like, uh, yeah, I, all right, bro, I'll support you from a distance, but yeah, I still got to get this paycheck. It's like, hey, man. You know, they got you that rap, they got you that soul that you can't even, you know, take a knee. And I'm going to say it from my perspective, being in the military, whether you take a knee or whether you stand and salute, you know, we volunteered to do that. We didn't do it with the expectation that you're going to stand up when they sing the national anthem and you're going to put your hand over your heart or you're going to salute or whatever. Every single one of us made that decision on our own to defend the country. Now, I don't look at it as disrespect because I understand what he's trying to do as a service member and as a black man in America. I get what you're trying to do. I, I didn't take it as no disrespect because to me, it's like what that one man is doing is what I'm fighting for to be able to have his right to do things like that. And so I don't understand how you could say, 
oh, you disrespecting the flag, you disrespecting veterans and people that fought for you. No, we fought so you can do that because the same way we fought for him to do that, we fought for those guys that went up to the, the Capitol in Michigan to be able to walk up there with their guns inside of a public, you know, facility. You're right. And do that and protest. We fight for that type of stuff. So there's no way that you should say, oh, well, that's right, but that's wrong. We're fighting. Like, how? Tell me how. You know, the, the craziest thing about that is even in the Constitution, this what kills me, because they quickly bring up the Constitution, but they don't bring it up in the right way. They'll say he's against, okay, but I thought it was right to uh, to um, freedom, freedom of, of assembly, speech. freedom of, of freedom speech, of exactly. you know, yeah. peaceful protest. He didn't do anything. He didn't do anything to violent. Nothing yeah. violent. Non-violent. Peaceful. But, you know, but that gets looked at as wrong. And then, like I said, our illustrious president, he can tweet on something like that. But <laughs> what is he going to speak out something about what Black Aubrey? <laughs> he, I, he has not said a word. And I know I should not be surprised, but I just thought that maybe, you know. He mentioned it. He mentioned it. They said he they briefed him on it and he was supposed to say something like Joe Biden came out and straight up called it what it was. He, exactly. he put it out there. He, he said that's just straight up a lynching, like a modern day lynching. You know, Trump's supporters are those that did it. So, you know, that's the that's the crazy thing. Trump is in a position where he's scared to say anything because his biggest supporters are those ones that think like those two men. Yep. And I don't know if he, not only is he scared, but maybe he really, maybe he doesn't feel like they did anything wrong, you know? Yeah. I don't know if he's necessarily scared, but maybe he, um, Maybe he is not um, against what they did, but you know who knows. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Well, um, but going back to <clears throat> really quick, just going back to the Colin Kaepernick thing. Um, you know, that's the reason why he even kneeled in the first place to try to bring awareness to what just happened to Aubrey. You know, mm. um, see how people can look and see, like you know, he's disrespecting the flag. No, he's trying to bring awareness to what we had what we just dealt with you know like what just happened well it happened in february but you know with this aubrey thing this should have never happened and um that's why he was kneeling well i'm gonna say it like this and this is just to quote my best friend ad and shouts out to him and this his podcast he's gonna be a on a guest on here one day but oh, uh, he, he always tells me this a bully will use any excuse to beat you up and that's exactly what those guys are and were bullies. Any excuse to beat you up. Yeah. And when you first said that, I didn't understand the first one I thought about it. I'm like, okay, it doesn't have to make sense to anybody else but that bully. Yeah. All it has to do is make sense to them, and they're going to use that as an excuse to try to do what they want to do. Whether that's it makes sense to anybody else, it don't. It doesn't matter, as long as it makes sense to them. Yeah. Wow. That's a good one. I like that. You're right. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, well, guys, it looks like we are towards the end of our podcast. Um, this was our second one. I think it was a great one. Lim, thank you again for being with us. Uh, I thank you, Suave, um, uh, for always being with me. And <laughs> guys, I'm I go, you know I'm not going nowhere. <laughs> I know. <laughs> make sure you check out Camera Eye Photography. Um, they are sponsoring this um, episode of the podcast as well as all the other ones that we will be doing and again support um, Fierce Passions also a sponsor of this podcast and future podcasts uh, with 
website is um, ishopfp.com. Um, I'm also wearing an outfit from Fierce Passions right now. It's the Triggered Jumpsuit. Um, so check it out. And thank you again. Thank you for talking with Tanya. Oh, yeah. Also, make sure you guys check out fpradiostation.com. You're going to hear this podcast rebroadcast on there. You can also find the podcast on the station, fpradiostation.com. Also, Will, hey, tell them a little bit about your business right quick, because I want, you know, anybody in the Detroit area, you know, they need a hookup or a house. <laughs> yes. So, again, uh, Lil Montgomery with Front Page Realty, man. If you're looking for a house in the area, whether you look for something 100000 and up or 50000 and below, man, come see us over at Front Page right there off the boulevard. Um, inside the Fisher Building. Definitely come look me up. Um, be reached at 734-272-9052. You can find me on LinkedIn at Lemuel, L-E-M-U-E-L-R Montgomery Jr. And um, definitely want to help you out because I know it's about that time. Once this quarantine is over, everybody's going to be looking to invest in Detroit. <laughs> yep. Lynn, why don't you say that phone number one more time, a little bit slower. 734-272- Nine zero five two. All right, all right, guys. So thank you again. I'll see you next time. Um, Friday, Friday or Saturday, we'll be doing it. All right, <laughs> look forward to it. See you guys. Bye. All right.